In today's bubble, my brother Brian is back and tolerated again so we can continue our chat on Black Mirror, spoiling all the Black Mirror-y twists of the third season. Stay healthy and keep streaming. Welcome back to another episode of My Streaming Bubble. I'm your host, Jen, and this is that podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. Uh, today, back uh, in the bubble, in the Skype bubble, is my brother Brian, and we are going to continue our discussion of the TV show Black Mirror, and we're on to season three. So, hey, Brian. Hi. Hi. We, uh, let's see, so this one's a bit longer, so, like, this season was, what, five or six episodes? Yeah, can I, can I, can I be transparent with you? I watched, like, four of them this morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny how, like, watching this for fun, I'll, like, just sit down and binge it, but if it's for something, it's automatically, like, a school assignment for me. So, I... I just, like, yeah, it was bad, but I got it done. Good job. Way to cram at the last minute. Yeah, I've I'm super happy with turning casual TV watching into like a thing. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's fun to like critically think about it a lot more, but I just have this personality quirk where if you tell me to do something, I'm like I'll do it at the very last minute no matter what. Uh, and that's what I did, but that means it's more fresh in my mind, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, I finished whatever like a week or so ago, and I'm just like, I gotta review my notes. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I, I am woefully unprepared, but um, <laughs> that, hopefully that's okay. I think it'll be all right. There, there were some really good ones. I think season three might might be one of my favorite seasons. Yeah. It's got a lot of really good episodes. I will have to admit, kind of that the last one hated in the nation because it's like an hour and a half long that one took me a while to get through because i can't fall asleep yeah i'm gonna be honest that one i was kind of doing other stuff yeah it wasn't bad Mm -hmm. but it just didn't really hold my attention as much and like you said being being you know half an hour longer than most of them um it seemed a little drawn out i i kind of like the quick fix of like the other like the pace of the other episodes a little bit better Mm -hmm. i agree um, so we will just go ahead and uh, dive right in uh, with the first episode of Nosedive with uh, starring, <laughs> God damn it, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Bryce Dallas Howard? Yes. You, you fucked up. Why didn't you say, like, why don't we take a nosedive? Like, you should have. Like, really played into it. I almost okay. did, but I was like, eh. Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> I, think the view- I think the viewers can tell when you when you puss out on a on a bit yeah all right i'll I'll try to i'll try to commit more to my bits oh for sure anyways you're a comedic genius Mm -hmm. episode one nosedive what were your thoughts other than we're currently living this i loved it um Mm -hmm. i think in general with this season my favorite part about it is that it just has a lot of variety and that could be just because there are so many episodes um, mm-hmm. So it seems like there's a lot more variety, but like you, you kind of get a little bit of everything. Um, we talked about it in the past seasons about how I really enjoy the ones that are more realistic, I guess, or like mm-hmm. a little bit less sci-fi and a little bit more about like society and, and stuff. Um, and I definitely felt like this one fit that mold. Um, mm-hmm. 
I I really enjoyed it. This is actually one. Uh, again, it's so dumb to like talk about the past uh, podcasts that I've been on, but I think I told you about this article that will list a an episode of Black Mirror and then it's parallel of what's going on in real life, like stuff that's actually going on. And this is actually a specific one that they talked about uh, that's going on in China where they have they have a similar like not everywhere in China, but there's like it's been it started to develop over there where they have like an app that you like rate people basically. Um, so it's like already kind of happening, which is mm-hmm. kind of tricky. I mean, and and I feel like it, so China's got like the app and everything, which is very similar to what's going on in the in the episode where every everything is being rated your your interactions, how you look, how you present yourself, how you post on social medias and everything, every single thing. It it has replaced credit scores. This oh, whole concept yeah. of what your rating is because she had to have a certain four point something to live in the big fancy neighborhood. Um, it's it, so I feel like we're, we're definitely on, on our way. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, cause this one is very, very similar to just kind of what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, playing that numbers game as, as they said, and holding on to these old friendships, but just for our own betterment. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I don't remember when I didn't look at the date, but I know this was probably written or came out um, like probably a decent amount of years ago. Um, but looking at it now, like it, it's it's so like we're already living it right like with mm-hmm. with social media and all that stuff your popularity is currency basically there are, you know people kids and you know this like um kids don't necessarily want to be actors or actresses anymore they want to be influencers they want to be they want to be popular they want to create something you know they want to create content um and you see all these people like i'm sorry i know i'm going to sound like an old grump but like these influencers are not talented. They're no. they're like they're not talented whatsoever. They're not trained in anything. Um, their their comedy is hack. None of them are actually good at any of the crafts that they do. Um, but because of their popularity, they're able to make a living off of it. And mm-hmm. and that's sort of the society that we live in right now. Yep. One of the scenes that for some reason just kind of annoyed me is like it's at the very beginning and she's at the coffee shop. She orders her little a little coffee and a little cookie. She takes a bite of the cookie, perfect little like crescent bite, positions it next to the coffee and takes a picture, posts it, whatever. She didn't even eat the bite that she bit. Right. And I don't know, that just, that really bothered me. <laughs> That's uh, You know what's funny is that, that I literally wrote, I literally wrote a note about that moment because I mm-hmm. it, it stuck out to me too. She took a picture of her latte and she didn't even like the latte. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she took a picture just because it looked nice, but they didn't even make it the way that she wanted to. Um, so it just shows how like artificial it is. And that I mean that happened like we all do that stuff all the time now. It's mm-hmm. it's like it's crazy. Yeah. And then and then within that office setting, the the one guy had had a breakup, and so the office decided to decide with his ex and he's trying to make up for it by bringing people smoothies or whatever. And it was just, they're like, Oh, we're, we're on her side. So they're intentionally like 
ranking him, like giving him low star ratings to tank his overall rankings. And I'm just like, God, how how incredibly juvenile. Like, yeah. I know as adults, there's still a lot of childish behavior and stuff. I mean, I work in an office. It feels like a high school a lot of the times. But I mean, this is just pure petty bullshit. Just unneeded. Un- just, I didn't like it. Yeah. Like, that's just too mean. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's it's a constant theme in, in a lot of these episodes. Um, and I think it's really important. Uh, Black Mirror is important for this reason. But the whole idea of like the hive mind, like, like public, public opinion. Um, and this is a, you're, you're exactly right. This is the great, a great example of like, it, it takes it even further, right? Like there, there are moments in our culture where you like try not to associate yourself with someone. Um, but in this reality, not only does it affect your relationships, if I'm friends with this person, then, then this other person's not going to like me. Well, now it's, now it's, if I, if I'm friends with someone that's not popular, you're like, like you said, like I won't be able to buy a house. I won't be able to hold this job. I won't be able to do anything because everything is based off of your popularity. So it kind of, it, it really heightens the amount of like importance that popularity mm-hmm. um, is taking into account. And it's like, it's, it, yeah, it's pretty sickening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gross. it's like you, you get to Yelp review everybody that you yeah. encounter and, you know, we know how honest and helpful Yelp reviews are. <clears throat> so if someone's mad at you about something, they're just bad review. Right. It also seemed like, you know, with her brother, he didn't seem to give a shit about any of this. He somehow maintained, I think, like a three point something. So it's it's interesting that, oh, well, I guess not that interesting because it's not like something everyone has subscribed to. I mean, it, it's right. obviously the way of life like how society works in this episode but she takes it to like that whole extreme of getting that kind of life coach type person to help her up her score Mm -hmm. whereas her brother was fine with just like sitting around playing video games talking shit with his buddies couldn't have fucking carried less yeah but he still that that still is calculated though because the reason why he was doing, and she kind of alludes to it when they get into an argument, what he's doing is just not taking a risk. So he's not he's not doing anything crazy, but sure. he's he's like staying within a small community, like his his gamer friends, mm-hmm. and like and like like kind of maintaining a steady like like C grade. Basically, it's kind of mm-hmm. like <laughs> I, I imagine it kind of like a job. Like people, like if you try really hard and you take a lot of risks, you can make a lot of money. But mm-hmm. you can also just like be comfortable, like take the middle road, not be so stressed out. And like, I, I think he kind of took that route. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I, I mean, I don't necessarily blame him for it when you look at, you know, I think he has a clear idea of what's going on then. Um, I don't know her name. It, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard does. Uh, <laughs> in the, <laughs> in the, yeah, I can't uh, remember. I can't remember what her character's name was. I used to pull up. Uh, when I first started this Lacey. podcast years ago, okay, I used yeah. to pull up the actual like IMDb page, and now I've just gotten lazy. Um, <laughs> I, I have it. I I link it in my notes so I can pull it up because it's kind of handy. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts before I'm just like, oh, that's a lot of work. 
<laughs> I can't oh. wait till this podcast just devolves to you, like not even rewatching them, just talking about what your memories of it when you watched it like five <laughs> years ago or something. It's gonna be so vague. Just yeah, just reading some random reviews, synapses. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, and then that happened, didn't it? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so. We see Lacey and then, you know, she's trying super hard to like better herself and everything and kind of still gets, you know, she gets stuck. Right. And, but she somewhat kind of almost catches a break by reconnecting with an old childhood friend, quote, in quotes, friend, who's got like, got the hunky fiance. They're all like high fours. And so, you know, uppity friend asks Lacey to be her bridesmaid or maid of honor. Lacey's like, hell yeah, and going to use this opportunity to up her score. And that's when everything just comes tumbling down. Yeah. That descend was so much fun to watch. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. And it's, I, I really enjoyed it because we've all been there, right? We've all reached our threshold before. And sometimes I I had this feeling recently where I was like, I wouldn't say I was in a spiral necessarily. I've lived a pretty, a fairly privileged life, but there was a moment where like, like shit kind of kept stacking. And there was a certain point where I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I'm going to, I'm going to steer into it. And I'm going to be a mess. And I remember texting one of my friends and saying, like, it's kind of fun being a fucking mess, like letting yourself just be a mess. Mm -hmm. And I think you get to see, you know, there's obviously ramifications of she got thrown out of the wedding. (laughs) She got thrown in jail. (laughs) But um, you get to see that release that she had when she was able to be herself and be authentic. And I think for me, the biggest theme was authenticity. That's the thing that was lacking so much because of how fake people had to be. And yeah. it drives me insane. That's what, that's what drives me nuts about like the corporate world is yeah. just the, just how inauthentic everyone is. You have to yeah. be like, people are so fake and there's a certain point where it's like, you know, at the very beginning where it's, it's, you're just trying to be polite, but then it gets to a certain point where it's just like, what are we even, do- what are we even talking about? Mm-hmm. Like I've been talking about the weather with you for two hours like let's fucking talk about anything else. Yeah. Um. So it's it's for me. I felt a sense of relief when she started going crazy because I felt like uptight the whole episode, watching all these people like giving these fake smiles and having these conversations that lack substance. Like every every conversation was small talk. Every yes. single conversation was just little things about oh what what can you remember about them or what you know on your little google google glasses like what are you seeing you know um what information is that pulling up and it's just like just be a human being that's yeah. that's that's it right all that force and i mean just like her her interactions with the lady in the elevator like yeah. i mean that's something that happens every single day at any given second in any given moment where you're in close quarters and you're forced to have you i don't know not forced but you know maybe feel like you need to have this interaction this conversation because it's quiet and awkward and especially now in a world where your interactions are rated it puts that much more pressure on i don't know yeah that fake social and like oh hi 
Yeah. How are you? And then, yeah, with the weird Google eyeballs and everything, similar like, to that grain technology from season one. Yeah. And it's like that weird stalkery moment where you could hop onto their profile and be like, oh, yeah, how's Miffy? How's she do? Oh, great. Thank Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, just it's gross. Don't talk to me. Don't. It feels bad. It's like don't just don't even. I just yeah. Let's not even talk. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're if we're gonna like be like that, it's just it's so. There's just no point in having conversation when it's not an actual conversation. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, I loved it that um, part of Lacey's descent. You know, she has that fight with her brother and um. And then he dings her. Yeah. Because <laughs> what a classic <laughs> sibling thing to do. But then your score would be so low if we if we live oh in the society. God. I would I would, <laughs> we would I would downvote you till the cows came home. Oh man. Yeah. And you? then and then she gets dinged by like the the cab driver. And so all these little things start happening. But it's like the airport's kind of what broke her. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, I felt yeah, was totally yeah. appropriate. Of course. We've all and been broken by an airport. Exactly. Um, and and the actress that was in the airport trying to help her and everything, she pops up in um, I think next season in the USS Callister episode. Oh yeah. Anyway, but she was just she was amazing and the way she played that character. I don't even know if it she had a name, but um, the ticket lady, she was just so condescending. And again, with the fake smiles, and then they all dinged her because then she got hit with like double penalty or something. Right. So her point loss was double the amount. So as she's leaving, everyone there is just like, and and the the airport lady, she's just the look on her face. She's got the phone up. So you knew she just did it. And that fake bitch ass smile of like, have a nice day. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I just loved it. Um, And then I like that. I found it interesting that her ranking is so low. She got down to like a 2.8 and no one wants to help, help her out, pick her up, you know, give her a ride anywhere. Cause she's a 2.8. But then when the trucker lady rolls up, Lacey's hesitant to get in because Lacey's a 1.4. <laughs> like, girl, you are a 2.8. You've got no room to talk shit and judge. Yeah. But I liked I liked that scene and I liked that trucker lady kind of helped put everything, you know, into perspective when she tells her story about losing her husband. And I like the line, too, where she's like, oh, yeah, my husband, you know, died of cancer. Lacey's like, oh, I'm sorry. And trucker lady's like, you're not sorry. You're just awkward because I sprang some cancer talk on you. <laughs> Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Relatable. Um, and then yeah. she gives her the uh, escape hatch of booze. And Lacey's just like, fuck everything. And she yeah. goes and her, that whole scene at the wedding was amazing she did such a great job Bryce Dallas Howard yeah it was she's great and awkward and yeah funny she was was perfect she was absolutely perfect for it and I believe if I remember correctly I think she specifically gained some weight for the for the role or something yep Um, I remember seeing something about that but like her commitment to the role was just fucking fantastic it was so much fun to watch 
it was. And it's that's a really great episode. And then oh, at the very when end, she's in the, that, wait, hold on. When when she's in the car and she's practicing her her speech, mm-hmm. and it's zoomed in on her face, and like you think she's actually giving, like she's actually like talking to someone, mm-hmm. and then it zooms out, and she's just she just turns it off like that. Like yeah. that is a scene that only a great actor could do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like she was fucking on it. Um, that that I, that part tickled me. Sorry for interrupting you. I just That's remember right. how <laughs> like how like like you have to have really great chops to be able to do that, and it worked perfectly within the the framework of the of the show. While I'm making myself vomit with the words I'm saying, but you, know, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. The way, the way it all intertwined together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Inter- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Inter- <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a really cool moment because you're just like, yep, you're like, oh, she's doing her speech. No. And then her brother at one point is just like, you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect, like, Perfect response to that. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, a, a little bit. Um, but then she causes a big scene at the wedding, gets arrested. And apparently a part of being arrested is they take out that little, I'm assuming it's similar to that grain technology. It's a little implant or whatever in her brain or or, or her eyes. They were like contacts. Mm -hmm. Um, Pop those out. So then it's not part of, you know, so she's not being raided or anything. And then her and then the other guy in the jail cell, just having that liberating moment of screaming mean things at each other and loving every second of it. And just ending with fuck you. It was great. Do you do you think they boned? Did they bone? Do you think they boned? Just frustration sex. Frustration? Oh, that angry frustration sex. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they had that. (laughs) He was kind of hot. I'd have had it too. All right, (laughs) moving on. So the next episode. (laughs) Yep, that was a great episode. Five stars. I loved it. Music was fantastic. Um, I actually think the music is by. I think it's Max Richter, but he does a lot of great soundtracks. He has he he did like Arrival and and some other some other good ones. So I I loved the music to it. I thought it was perfect. I know. Yeah. So second episode, playtest. I fucking love this episode so much. It's great. It's very unique. It's like a. It's like. One of the first, I mean, I guess there's some other ones that are kind of horror y, but this one's like really, like really fucked up. <laughs> like, that's one of my, that's one of my notes is just fucked up. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, the, especially the ending and the twist and stuff, it just makes you feel uneasy. Yeah. I, and it's, it's insane because it, you know, you get to the ending and there's these like, you know, false endings or whatever. And then you get to the ending ending and like all of this happens in like a fraction of a second. Right. And I loved that when that whole twist was revealed, I was just like, Oh my God. But yeah. And I loved this one because it's a little bit, this one does kind of fall along those lines of like horror, this whole concept of this like super immersive interactive video game that just preys on your, your fears and your insecurities and continues to build like a survival horror game out of that. Right. Um, would you play a game like that? Uh, no. <laughs> but I'm a I'm a wuss though. So like in general, I don't I don't do I don't do scary scary games. Gotcha. Um, but 
the VR thing, I mean, that that is something that I have experience with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see what VR, like this is kind of a glimpse of like what VR could look like if they if they continue to advance it and make it more and more realistic. Um, and we, we actually, we'll talk about it a little bit later. It's not really VR necessarily, but it's a, it's kind of an alternate reality. Um, they talk about it in San Junipero. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, the mind, you can trick the mind in so many different ways. So if you're able to make it think that things are real, like you can fuck a person up pretty, pretty easily. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a lot of, there's a, it's very potent. And I've, I've felt that in VR. It feels, it feels, you feel different after the first time you use VR. And I know that there's been like studies and stuff done about, um, using VR treatment for, um, like PTSD and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned that in past episodes, but, um, that's like that's how powerful that sort of virtual reality is. Wow, I don't think I don't think I've heard that, but that's very interesting. Using it to treat PTSD. They well, and they they say that they've done studies where I need to look up the article. They they've done studies where they found out that people that use VR there is a decrease in their fear of death, like like after they use it. I mean, it might be marginal, but regardless, like there's a sense of like detachment when you go into VR, uh, which makes, you know, when you think yeah. about it, it makes sense. Yeah. Kind of knowing that it's, yeah, a virtual reality and that you're safe within that virtual reality. Um, yeah. I just found the whole idea that like all of this could happen in like a fraction of a second because all his synapses like fired off at once. Just again, I, the mind is is just fascinating the things that it can do for us and to us mm-hmm. unreal um and then the way within this episode how that with the game and everything implanted or whatever how that all interacted together and created this terrifying reality game which in the moment he's aware that it's a game as it can you know He's in there. He's talking to, um, damn it, what was that lady's name? I want to say Stephanie, but I don't think that's right. (laughs) Some sort of of basic name. But yeah, he's so he's like talking to her about in you know the game's progressing and it starts out you know like the bully guy and then spiders and then the Sonia chick. Here's what I find kind of interesting. Okay, (laughs) listen to me. Go on. So, so Cooper, the main character, he's doing a Europe backpack, cross Europe kind of thing. Meets up, hooks up with a girl, a, a girl named Sonia. Yeah. And he ends up his credit cards and everything gets gets stolen. He loses all his money. Calls Sonia and she more or less tries to help him find some sort of job to get money so he can get home because he just can't bring himself to call his fucking mom. Because that's the problems that he's running from, our mom and home and everything and everything with his dad. Right. So Sonia, more or less, is the one, I think, that was like that found the job to be this, to be the tester of this immersive video game. And she's like, oh, it's this really big main, you know, major company, blah, blah, blah. You should totally do it. So within the game, 
you know, things are starting to take a turn for the scary. And he's kind of really not digging it. Sonia appears and she's telling him, you got to get out of here. This place is dangerous. Uh, other people have died. This was all my fault. I totally set you up. And he eventually gets mad. And then she turns on him and starts attacking him. And he ends up more, you know, killing her. I guess the first time that I watched it, I didn't really pick up because I guess that was just kind of my assumption that I went with, too, within this episode was like, oh, that Sonya chick totally set him up. You know, it's a, Mm -hmm. you know, like the movie Hostel kind of thing. Right. But we don't know that for sure. It could have all just have been a coincidence. And this is what his mind was telling him. This was the this was the narrative his mind created and put him in and then created this scenario where he had to kill or be killed essentially. And that's right. when he first starts feeling, feeling pain. And cause like, and she, and when she first shows up, she's real. She's not a hologram, like the bully and, and the giant spider. Oh yeah. That's a good point. So upon the second watch, I, again, I'm going into it like, Oh yeah, it's all her fault. And then by the end of it, I'm like, no wait. It might not be. Again, it could all just be coincidence. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think Sonia baited him into it? Or um, I, I don't know. I mean, that you bring up some really great points, especially with the whole. I, I didn't. T- I didn't really think a lot about like the whole physical touch thing, like the fact that she wasn't really a hologram. Um, but um, while you were talking, I did start to kind of piece together that it's per- it's perfectly plausible that she she had nothing to do with it mm-hmm. because a lot of times what our brain does is make sense like our brain likes to make sense of things right yes. like that's like that's just it's it's constantly wired to look at things and things that are out that are out of the norm it tries to understand mm-hmm. and so i think i think it's plausible that his brain made these connections and was like, oh, this is the reason why I'm in this situation. Because the, the whole the whole horror thing is his subconscious, right? Like, his bully is the, the like, scary guy. And, like, um, and, like, his, like later in, in his crazy hallucinations, like, he has a, he has a scene with his mom and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's all stuff that is being pulled from his subconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's perfectly possible that his brain was just like, oh, yeah, like, like, it could have been something that he was thinking about and it just kind of manifested in a physical way when he mm-hmm. got put in this thing. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, and thinking about it this time and it's like and then kind of <laughs> overthinking into that. I'm just like, oh, my God, like for some reason that kind of started praying into like my own fears of like what if I were to participate in something like this, like, and I don't, I don't think I would just because I don't want to know what my deepest fears are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have enough problems. Okay. I don't need to know exactly for sure Z where they are, what they are. I don't need to pinpoint <laughs> anything. We can keep it broad and, and vague and just know that I'm a little cuckoo pants. Yeah. But it just kind of got me thinking. Cause yeah, like you said, the brain needs to rationalize things that don't make sense. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing uh, that I read was that these different stages of within in the game kind of represent different emotions. And and there are a lot of emotions within this episode. Uh, the actor who plays Cooper, 
His name is Wyatt Russell, and he is uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And then knowing that going into it, some of the scenes where he's like really freaking out, like really starting to lose his shit. I'm just like, oh, I can see a little like Kurt Russell in that in there. And especially after Cooper grew out his beard and everything and had the shaggier hair. I'm like, yeah, I I see it now. But so the different kind of levels of the game of this virtual reality represents different emotions so you had the gopher game at first a little whack-a-mole thing happiness um spiders and the bully represented fear um sonia was anger meaning you know because he's mad at her thinking it's all her fault the first ending where he loses his mind because his father had dementia alzheimer's and eventually passed away and that's i think what he was running from dealing with those feelings and being there for his mom and everything. So this first ending where he loses his mind, that's a fear, you know, Mm -hmm. the fear of living through that and going through what his father did. But seeing that manifested was so sad. He's just like, I want to go home. Yeah. Waking up from that first ending was, you know, quote surprise, or I guess that surprise shocked feeling. And then just before he goes into the access point, so the lady's instructing him to go upstairs through this door. He's like, oh, my God, this is, you know, my just like his parents' house or something. It was reminiscent of his childhood home. And he's just like, I can't go in there. I can't go in there. If I go in there, it's going to show me something fucked up. It's going to show me something having to do with my mom. So they classified it as like disgust. I thought that was kind of interesting, all these layers of emotions that they've more or less built into the episode with all these different stages of the game. I mean, God damn it, Black Mirror just is so good. They do it again. That's really good. I I didn't think to do research on, um, because it's been out for so long that there's probably like several articles that are written about um, different Mm -hmm. themes and stuff about these. Uh, so maybe going forward, I'll do that because that that is because it would have been nice knowing that going into it and watching it. Um, cause you saying that like, yeah, it makes sense that there was kind of the structure of all the different emotion, like human emotions that he's going through. Um, and they're also relatable in, in different ways. Like the, yeah, exactly what you're saying when he, when he like, when he goes into the bedroom and he starts losing it, like he starts to forget who he is and he looks mm-hmm. in the mirror and it's just like, um, it's just so scary and it's like not to be <laughs> too big of a downer, but it's like, I, I, I don't think in our family we've had to deal a whole lot with like dementia and like Alzheimer's and stuff. But, um, you know, you hear stories and you read stuff and it's just like it's so scary to to think of what it would be like to be lost in your mind like that and like Mm -hmm. not recognize anything from, you know, minute to minute. And then also just like the the toll that it takes on their their loved ones, like watching them kind of, you know, deteriorate and stuff. Um, it's a really like it's a it's a big fear. It's a it's a huge fear of mine. It's an it's absolutely a huge fear of mine. When I when I walk around every day and I forget um, people's names or like random stuff, you know, I walk I walk walk out to my car with my like my uh, TV remote in my hand or some some shit. Like I'm like mm-hmm. I'm 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 dying. I'm dead. I'm gonna <laughs> like like uh, like my brain my brain is clearly dying right now. Um, and you listeners can probably hear it when I mess up words. Every time I mess up something, I'm like, uh, this is it. I'm, this is, 
Goodbye, uh-huh. world. It's been great. <laughs> um, but I think that's why it's so enjoyable to watch it because it like really hits these like kind of these potent themes that it's like whoa, it makes you makes you your skin crawl a little bit. Yeah, a- absolutely. One other thing I had written down was uh, in this episode we see the technology and our mind attack and kill us, the human slash users. I really need to like review these and clean them up before I decide to read them on <laughs> goddamn podcast. Uh, <laughs> because great. Yeah, they went great, sweetie. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, because Cooper didn't turn off his phone when the whole machine started for the game, because that's what caused the interference and the brain glitch. So it's like in that split second, there's like these two techie devices fighting for his attention. The game itself and, I mean, the phone, because it was ringing and it was his mom calling. <laughs> and then I wrote... Two techie devices fighting for attention ourselves until there can be only one. <laughs> Sorry, <True>. I'll maybe <laughs> seem so much deeper when I wrote it. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, this episode is more about our emotions and how they can be the end of us if we don't address them. If Cooper's attempt to run from his feelings and problems, in Cooper's attempt to run from his feelings and problems, he ended up dead. Yeah, sure, the brain digging tech tech didn't help but perhaps if he had maybe called his mom or sought help with dealing with the death of his dad he may not have ended up in that situation um so just a little victim blaming right there i gotta i gotta poke fun at you a little bit for that because of course a mom is like yeah all this happened because he didn't answer the phone sorry better talk to your mom and i had that thought like, as i was you're gonna sit your, like, you're gonna sit your little eight-year-old and four-year-old down and be like this is what happens when you don't call mom this is, yep, this is a life. cautionary tale kids we're gonna watch some black mirror it's called play test you'll be fine Good night. <laughs> um that is a really good point i i like i like the idea of um the kind of push and pull between reality and, and the virtual reality. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. That all, that all came out. Not too bad. <laughs> um, on to the third episode, this one, shut up and dance. Oh yeah. Okay. I have them all out of order, so it's kind of exciting to hear. I don't remember what order they're in. <laughs> I I already have I have opinions about all of these though, so it's like I said I saved San Junipero last because that is my favorite. That's what that's one of my favorite episodes in general. Um, mm. So I kind of like I kind of like when when I had when I was like in the middle and I was like oh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna like online shop while I watch one. I put in the <laughs> I put on the last episode because I was like I don't really feel like watching this one that much. Um, so yeah, I kind of like piece them together based on what's going on in my life. <laughs> hey whatever works for you man but uh yeah shut up and dance this episode so it's got um and i don't have anyone's names written down but it's got so the kid in it that stars in it he is also on netflix's um end of it's the end of the fucking world he's great yeah and then we've got uh sir braun of blackwater yep this episode (laughs) He's he's never not brawn forever. Like, exactly. he, he is one hundred percent brawn. Yep. Like I don't know. His apparently his name's Jerome Flynn, but no, no he's nah. brawn of Blackwater. So what did you think of this episode? What were your thoughts? You go first. 
I'm thirsty. I oh okay. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. I for me it wasn't. I liked it. It was it was an enjoyable watch, and I think it was one of those where I had to kind of warm up to it as it continued on, and you started to get you know some of the twists started to happen. Um, and like not to get too ahead of myself because it, it seems like you're kind of like recapping things chronologically, but um, like towards the end when like the guy has the drone, like he meets up with the guy and he like puts the drone in the air and he's like, all mm-hmm. right, now we have to fight to the death. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. what the, what the fuck? <laughs> like, um, like that, that, like that was fun for me. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it was good. And I thought, I thought it was casted really well. I think the, um, the kid that they got, he's, he's like so perfect for the role. Um, and when he's like, like the the way his face, like his face actually gets like flush, like embarrassed and stuff. Like yeah. it, it's you you can act like it's really easy to empathize with him and believe him because like the his like facial expressions are so like on point. And yeah, it was a, it was it's a it, it was a fascinating episode. I, I did I did enjoy it. What about you? This is one of my favorite episodes, and again, it's it's another one where you get that twist at the end, and you're just kind of like. Oh my god! Like the first time I watched it, I kind of had moments where I'm like, "But he was just looking at pics, like thinking like he was just film jerking off, just like any teenager." And he's awkward and weird and not, you know, quote popular or anything. Doesn't seem to have a lot of friends, and so to get, for this to get out would have made his life even harder. So you're kind of rooting, you're rooting for him, right? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And you're just kind of like. Dude, just it, you're gonna be fine. Things get better. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone jerks off. You're gonna be all right. <laughs> so you you do you spend like most of the episode just like come on man, just walk away from this. Don't don't play their their fucking game anymore. How can you trust these strangers? You don't these literally nameless fa- faceless people. And then so they're they're put on these tasks. Go here. Drop this off. Do this. Or we're gonna release all this embarrassing information. Uh, your deepest, darkest secrets. And you get to the, so you get to the end and it's, you find out that he's got to fight this other grown ass man. And it comes out pre fight that they are fighting because, or they're both in this situation because they're both pedophiles. Uh And then all of a sudden you're just like, Whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) You're just like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, it definitely changes the tone of everything. Yeah, you know, and and especially for him, um, character's name was Kenny. All sympathy stops for Kenny at that point because you're just like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. But it's like I remember. So there's like, yeah, that scene where they they go to to rob the bank. So Bronze also kind of put in this scenario of shut up and dance. Because he got caught cheating on his wife. And he doesn't want anything to get out. So the same anonymous people are just like, nope, you two have to pair up now and do these tasks. One of the tasks was robbing a bank at gunpoint. And Braun makes Kenny do it. (laughs) Poor fucking Kenny goes in, pisses all over the place. (laughs) All I'm thinking is like, dude, DNA. (laughs) Yeah, You're, You're so caught doing that. And first time watching it, I felt really bad for him during that scene. It's like, what fucking kid, you know, now feeling like he needs to rob this bank because he doesn't want this video of him just jerking off to get out. Mm-hmm. 
So that's where I think I I peaked in my sympathy towards him. Yeah. And then what were some of the other tasks that they had to do? Well, I think that was pretty much it. And then I was just running into someone that Braun knew. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Let me get a ride. Yeah, the mom. Oh, that was yeah. so awkward. Yeah. That was kind of funny. They're just speeding through and pretty much just like throws her out of the car. Um, <laughs> so so at the end, so they do these tasks and everything. Bronze last task, <clears throat> excuse me, is to drop Kenny off kind of near this field so Kenny can walk to the pedo fight. And Bronze last task is to get rid of the car. And so they do all these things. Kenny fights the other pedo. Kenny is victorious somehow. Yeah, what? And, yeah. <laughs> what? And then and then you find out that, yep, it's um the cops are after him, the this anonymous group or whatever, they end up releasing all the information anyways. They send everyone a text of that troll face. Mm-hmm. Um that's what it's called, right? That drawing. Yeah. I, I actually meme. don't know what it, yeah, that meme though. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it just okay, so now I'm a little all over the place with this one, but would you, do you, do you think that you would have a secret so deep and dark that you would feel the need to participate in something like this? If you got some random anonymous text, that's all like, do these things or we're going to tell everybody. Um, I think, I think it's a fascinating thing to think about because at the the whole idea I had while I was watching it was like what what sort of secret would you have to have in order to do this kind of stuff like what at what point how like at what length are you going to cover things up to hide the truth of something and I think how it played out was like it kind of gradually happened right like mm-hmm. like first like oh go go meet uh, Braun and so he like he goes and does that and like. And then it's like, oh, go rob this bank. And it's like, he goes and does that. Oh, go fight this guy to the death. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of like, I mean, I'm not giving him an out by any means, but like he's kind of in it from the beginning because he clearly the secret that he's trying to keep is really bad, obviously, mm-hmm. and would ruin his life. So then it kind of starts with like these, these, it's weird, but it starts with these like, strange requests and then it just kind of snowballs into him literally murdering somebody mm-hmm. um uh so i personally like i mean that's kind of a weird question to ask someone <laughs> that's all i have to say I yeah. <laughs> and so good podcast and yeah, i'll see you guys later yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i mean maybe you know i don't know i i, I personally you know me like i don't take a ton of risks so I can't really fathom having a having something so heinous like that to hide, but it's like we're, nobody's perfect, and we all have you know these skeletons in our closet. And if if it gets into the wrong hand, like who knows what what you'd be willing to do in order to cover it up? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, how far would you go? How far? Yeah. How much would you be willing to dance? And, and then like, say- don't, you don't really blame them, right? I mean, but like they know, like, like people, like pedos know that it's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And this, this is a whole another conversation that I'm not gonna like get like super into, because uh, it's probably I probably don't have a super popular opinion about it. But like they, they 
know it's wrong. Their their brains are messed up. Like yeah. there's something like there's wiring wrong in there. Um, so yeah, it's it's no it's no surprise that they're willing to cover it up because they know the extent of what they're doing. Right. Well, and it's like the the other pedo that Kenny had to fight. I mean, he was ready to fight. You know what I mean? Because, again, it, it felt like, yeah, because he knew it was wrong. This is what he's got to do. And this is what he has to. The next steps he has to do to keep his secret. It it also made me kind of wonder too. troll group, the I don't them, they, their. I don't even know what to call them, but it almost made me wonder what was what was their end game? Was it Kenny? Was it Kenny and that other pedo? Because the episode starts out where a woman is like she drops off the keys to a car somewhere in some parking garage and she texts, sends a text that she's done it. And then we move on to Kenny and then his little adventure with Braun. But there's also another random person that Kenny had to meet up with that delivered, that gave Kenny the cake. Right. Um, same thing, took the picture to prove that he did it and went home. And at the end of the episode, those trolls, they released the information of the woman that dropped off the car, the guy that dropped off the cake, Braun's secret and his affair, and obviously Kenny's secret of kitty porn. Mm-hmm. So it almost felt like this whole shut up and dance, they they orchestrated it where it felt like that they were really after Kenny and this other pedo. And these other players, they had done they had done bad things, but on the scale, when we look at the things that they done, because the woman, it was her racist emails that got leaked. Mm-hmm. Side note, I feel like in 2020, that doesn't really fucking matter anymore. <laughs> um, you know, because she was afraid of losing her job, which right. I think she ended up ended up losing the job. Um, the guy who dropped off the cake, we just see that he's getting into a fight with his wife. So you assume an affair. Bronze was an affair. And then Kenny and other pedo was kitty porn. Right. So it's like, did they just kind of round up? A group of people that they felt needed to be punished and make them do all this like, yeah, this song and dance with the end game of of Kenny and the other pedo. And then putting putting Kenny through these tests where so he has to rob a bank and obviously his DNA and it's a poor disguise and everything. It's like he he would have been fucked either way. Mm hmm. You know, even if he had managed to successfully kill the other pedo and get away with that, he would have at least been pinned for the armed robbery. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just kind of made me wonder, who are these, I guess, vigilante trolls, more or less? Yeah. And and what, yeah, was was Kenny their main target? And they just decided to pull in some other shitheads, too. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> Right. I don't I don't think so. I if I if I had to guess, I feel like it's um I feel like it's like trolls and hackers that use information and I mean for their own entertainment. Um mm-hmm. you know, they they take justice into their own hands and they punish the people that are doing wrong things. Um it's kind of it's like a li- like kind of similar to that one episode with the um the game show with the woman who had her 
memory like erased it. and she yeah 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 it's kind of similar to that i feel like where it's like well these guys are criminals like they don't they don't deserve any sort of humanity we get sure. to treat them exa- they they need to learn a lesson and then it puts the viewer in a really interesting spot of you know thinking about is that really how we get justice from it is that really is that really the way that we go about righting people's wrongs the guy you know the 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 one guy the adult pedo dies mm-hmm. apparently mm-hmm. you know kenny has to break a bunch of laws and ends up killing a person and you're put in this awkward situation at least i am as a viewer of being like that's a bit extreme like like don't get me wrong pedophilia is terrible and mm-hmm. one of the you know the most like heinous and like like stomach turning um crimes that that you can think of but it's also like it's hard for me not to put it into the context of our society and be like well is that really how we want to treat our criminals is that really how is it are we going to be like the middle ages where we you know like just kill off the people that do things wrong or do we try to figure out how to make the society better and learn from um mistakes and like actually try to make better people out of these you know these criminals and stuff so to answer your question, I kind of feel like it was more of a general thing. I think we only saw a little scope, like we saw a zoomed in, mm-hmm. uh, a magnified look at at these stories and how they kind of were interwoven. Um, I did it. I, I get the impression that I think if you zoomed out from the story, I think there are, it could be I, like, I, I have no evidence for this, but I feel like it's a group of just fucking like hacker. Like, like who's the Julian Assange? Like, I don't know anything about that, no. his stuff, but I know just very generally, like, like he released like public records that weren't supposed to be released, but um, he did it out of like, he was trying to like out of justice, basically. Like he was trying to right. do it to be just and so i feel like maybe it's like yeah i feel like there's like a group of trolls that like use the internet and use surveillance and use like all this stuff to blackmail people not for money and their own benefit but trying to punish those who are doing wrong um i don't know that's how i viewed it right on yeah it was just yeah it's just kind of one of the many questions that i had written down you know kind of you know makes you wonder how many other people they trolled and, and made dance, you know, and if they did, like, who are these other people? Who do they pick? Um, how do they pick these people? What what determines who has to dance? Is it just all them, the faceless, nameless judge, jury, executioners, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. And then the other really interesting thing about this episode is that the technology used in it not advanced technology you know it, it's nothing that we especially at the time um this season aired in 2016 it was nothing that we didn't have at the time right you know so again it's it's more it's less about the technology and more about people and how we use that technology right uh, and yeah just another good one yeah i, yeah, I, I, I agree one. it was it was a fun one um it, again it, it it's one of those where it's interesting going through these and picking out the ones that you say 
stand out to you and the ones that stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a really good episode in my book, and it was the same. What, what was the the white white bear or white white claw? Mm-hmm. What is white. it? <laughs> white claw. Um, <laughs> um, like I like these episodes, but they don't. Re- they didn't really like get me to the core, and I think it's just because like it's so. It's just kind of. I don't not it's not that it's not realistic, but it's just not like a as accessible to me, I guess. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it. The the twists and turns and stuff were were mm-hmm. really fun to to watch. Um, a couple of fun fun facts or you know, IMDB trivia. I guess at some point there's like a news site. Oh, so it's at the end of the episode and the female is on a news website, her racist emails have been released but there's also like a a scroll about the impending divorce of um the guy the prime minister from season one episode one victoria scalane's trial so that's white bear the woman who was being more or less tortured slash serving her time in white bear okay there's an advertisement for cookies from white christmas and and a banner for a new TV show, a new stream from one of the streams from 15 Million Merits. So I, I love Damn. how they're throwing yeah. all these little Easter eggs and tidbits and callbacks to other episodes. And then that made me wonder, like, where does everything within Black Mirror, where does it all fall in, like, a timeline? So I looked that up. And that got really confusing fast. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that, I, I would assume, I would assume that I, I, I too, I, I will not look that up because I feel like it will just make my brain hurt too much. Because I looked at it, and I was like, no, no, that couldn't have been before that because this existed. And then I was like, nope, close it down, go to bed. I, I mean, I, it's possible that that uh, Mr. Booker, um, like, really thinks about that and the continuity, but. From my understanding, and it's a really like small scope, but from my understanding about TV writing, like it's not so much about like creating these things that that connect all of the episodes, mm-hmm. but it's more about just adding layers. So it's like I don't think it's necessarily like I I I don't think the episode all of these episodes are supposed to exist in the same world necessarily. I think there's things that link certain episodes to certain episodes, and there's like. Mm-hmm there's callbacks to things, but that's in every show. So I, sure. um, but that could be just me being lazy and being like, no, cause I don't want to learn the chronology <laughs> of, of everything. So. Um, and then one last one, it's uh, the story bears a few similarities to the Brian Wells pizza bomber case. Both feature a coerced bank robbery and a set of step-by-step instructions without the intention of letting the victim succeed. Uh, documentary of the case uh, was uh, broadcast. Uh, it's, on, it's called Evil Genius, the true story of America's most diabolical bank heist. It's on Netflix, and it is super fucking good. And if you haven't watched it, you should totally watch it because that shit is bonkers. Okay. And um, they do show the bomb go off. That's around oh. a guy's neck. Okay. I think it's at the end. So either way. Yeah, that shit was that that was a super that was a really good documentary and I, I recommend it. Okay. The story itself is just insane. All right. Well, now that we have 
shut up and danced. Let's go ahead and move on to the fourth episode, aka the happy one, San Junipero. I absolutely love this episode. It is one yeah. of my favorites. It is so well done. Um, we're we'll talk about um, like just for example, like Men Against Fire. I I enjoyed the episode. We'll talk about it in a second. But mm-hmm. the way that it was. It, it just seemed like kind of an off brand movie almost to me, like the way that it was shot and stuff. Whereas sure. this felt like just so like, it was just like perfect in my mind, like the setting, like the, the eighties music and, mm-hmm. and like the synthy stuff, the music that they have in the background and the dancing and um, just the, the overall like atmosphere of the episode. I just, it really got me. And then, um, and then you get into the story and you and you find out more about the characters and the circumstances that they're in and stuff. And I I absolutely like this is one of my favorite episodes of all of the whole series. Mm-hmm. I liked this one. Um, the very first time I watched it, it was one of those where I was still very, very stressed out for the whole episode because I'm like, like everything, like things are just too good. What's going to happen? Like, is mm-hmm. the power going to go out? I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I was just like, what crazy fucked up shit is going to happen? Because everything is just going a little too well for these characters. Right. Um. So I felt like by the time I got through it for the first time, it was just more or less a sigh of relief that I just, I made it and nothing happened. And I <laughs> truly enjoy it. But it is a very, it's, yeah, it's it's the happy one. Yeah, I, I just I really enjoyed it. It's not my favorite because it's a happy one. <laughs> oh, I mean it's happy, but it's oh, I okay. I mean it's it's okay. All right, it's subjective. I'll, yeah, I'll I'll accept that. But I, guess, I will definitely give you a rebuttal of why it's not happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, they're. The, the happier the happiest one i don't know but well it is the most like optimist like i will give yeah. you that it is definitely optimistic like, optimistic but it deals with some really deep it things, does right and it's and it's like it it's it's not just about uh not not that like commentary on our society isn't interesting but this literally like talks about like what is life like your morality like what mm-hmm. what is life like after you die what like what choices are you going to make when these certain uh like certain technology is available to you and so i find it like so like it was like very visceral when i was watching it because of the fact that it really deals with like life and death which is yeah you know i don't know every every everything yeah <laughs> or whatever um yeah, no, it does. It, it, yeah, um, life, death, morality. What happens if you could be uploaded into this cloud, more or less? Um, would you? What era? Also, yeah, young '80s Kelly gave me some serious Lisa Turtle vibes. Oh fuck yeah! It was so it was so good. Okay, it was so I'm good. Gonna, I'm gonna hijack this. Okay. Okay, go for it. All right. So this episode was fucking awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> um good job <laughs> all right so what what are we doing next no um i i so it, it i love this one the the first question that i get in my mind when i was watching it was 
what would you do if you were an old person and your brain was in a young person's body? Like you're in, you're like in this alternate reality. Um, there's, well, I don't know what the consequences are, I guess necessarily, but you have, you have the memory of all of your past experiences, but, and your, and your maturity, but you're in a young person's body and you're living the life of a younger person. What would you do differently? And I think that's a, that's such a potent question because that's something that, you know, a lot of people talk about dealing with on their deathbed of like, you know, regrets that they had. And, and so you start to hear the story, um, about this, shoot, what's, what's the, what's the white girl's name? What? Yorkie. Yeah. Wait, Yorkie? Yorkie. Yorkie. Gross. Um, that's the (laughs) one part I don't like about the episode was her name, but you, you find out later about her experience of, of um, like trying to explore her sexuality, her homosexuality, mm-hmm. and being shunned by her, by her family. And so I think it's so moving and it's so fascinating to watch with knowing that and watching it the second time through, like knowing that she had that background. And like that's what she wanted to do. Like she she wanted to go back in time and live, live her young life and, and, and live as a, as a young, a young lesbian um i my body could you hear my body rejecting me saying that because i was like i don't i don't think this is pc what i'm saying but it is it's like thumb the brakes what are you saying here young lesbian can you say that no but that that is like you know she's repressed like she's she's repressed her whole life and and like as a young person um and even an old person your sexuality is such a big can be such a big part of you um so i think it's just so fascinating that she was able to take that journey um that she wasn't able to take in real life um and really like explore sexuality and i think that's i think that's something that a lot of older people would have done because you know times change and people are becoming more and more progressive uh not fast enough but you get what Mm -hmm. i'm saying um (laughs) and so yeah it was it was so great and then um i uh, I think it's fun. I'm just gonna I'm gonna monopolize this episode, and just then they all the way through it, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, they have sex. They have lesbian sex. <laughs> Young awesome. lesbian sex. Young lesbian sex. <laughs> and I love that they cut to a an ocean. <laughs> like yes. the ocean I was like, damn. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I said, hilarious. My, what I wrote down was cut to the ocean rushing dot 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 nice <laughs> um I thought I thought that was so great and then I also wrote down fucking synth music I love that mm-hmm. and then the true love or reg- uh, regardless of appearance so the whole the whole idea that they're in this um different reality but really in real life they're living very different lives and that's that's the really cool twist that happens later is you find out that they're actually old women and they're you know one's a quadriplegic and on life support uh and the other one's on her on her deathbed and that's the whole point of this of san junipero and then there's also like it's a it's a town full of like ghosts like it's a town full of like there's dead people there and that's where they live and i think that's so fucking cool and fascinating and so you find out like how much you know the they grow this fondness for each other and it turns into something serious. And then who is the, the, uh, African-American <laughs> character name? Kelly. Um, so that young lesbian, she, she, <laughs> <laughs> that one was wrong. The other one was right. That one was wrong. 
but she's like she's like no like i like i want to i want to meet you in real life like it, it meant a lot to her to be mm-hmm. to be there with her in actual reality so i just found that like super beautiful and and just the, I, I don't know there's something about like older people in movies when they're, they're, there's just so much or not just in movies but like there's just so much history like there's just so much going on in their mind and they've experienced so much and there's something that's like really touching about that about them like reliving their life and you know she um she talks about her marriage that was 40 years to a man that she absolutely loved and he um you know he died and or i'm sorry for her her daughter dies at the age of like 39 or something and then her husband dies and he doesn't want to do the san junipero thing because um his his daughter wasn't able to and um you just get this whole backstory of this of this woman that you you see her having such a good time and living her life and being young and and you know crazy and then you find out that the reason why she's doing it is because she's coping with all of this all of this like like tragic shit that happened in her life that we yeah. all are going to go through and so it's just really fascinating seeing this like weird technology of like uploading your uploading you like everything that makes you into this um like simulator and there's that great shot that zooms out of um of them like taking the little chip that they had in their brain and like putting it in, like it's a giant library and stuff mm. um and just seeing that like um yeah so that's why this episode is great and you are wrong <laughs> rebuttal i mean you're i i don't disagree with anything that you said except for the i'm wrong part um <laughs> but i i absolutely agree 100% with everything it's it was nice that you know, in the end, they, they got to be together and they, they built this bond so much where, yeah, Kelly's like, I want to come see you. And then they get married. Oh, yeah, because that was the other thing. Yorkie kept talking about with Insanjan Apparel getting married. And then you come to find out that it was really just getting married to an orderly so that he could have the rights to pull the plug so that she could be permanently uploaded to San Junipero. And it's like. Initially, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was Yorkie that was, like, popping in for visits, like, every week or whatever. But it, it was Kelly. Um, but, yeah, for some reason, the way that they framed all that, it was like, oh, Yorkie's checking it out. She's experiencing this whole new world before you find out that it's um, a cloud for the dead. That's right. just kind of weird. Anyways. It is. It is. And that's what's so fascinating. Like, they, they live, uh, and, and also it's like, what so do they not age um yeah and how long can they be in there do they have any agency are they able to make decisions are they if they're sick of san junipero do they go to saint uh puna punajaro and it's like a, a whole nother <laughs> a whole nother thing it's, like it's 90s themed uh, <laughs> beach life yeah yeah <laughs> nothing um, but mtv cribs and or whatever well, and like are they able to pull the plugs on themselves or do they just live in eternity forever yeah. um i think that's a lot of the other like the unknown questions for me that makes it even more interesting is like what is that like what is it like living in eternity with um this person and and yeah so yeah would you would would you upload yourself to there so <laughs> <laughs> or would you, I mean, not necessarily like San Junipero in the 80s, but is this program, yeah. is this something you would participate in? Or would you be more like, 
Kelly's husband, not necessarily like, oh, it's unfair, you know. My Dude, kid I want to be okay. like I live in Portland now. I want to be all zen and hippie and be like, like no, like like death is a journey that we all need to be on and experience and blah blah blah. And it's like I'm a I'm a wuss. Like I honestly, if I could, if I could know that, it would take the fear of death, a lot of the fear of death away from me if I knew that I could like continue to experience things like past mm-hmm. my life and like my like my being, my personality, my everything transfers. Um, is it scary to think about eternity and just living in some weird, like ambiguous thing? Like, yeah. And we, we don't know any more specifics. I don't think about the technology that they're using, but like, if I'm being completely honest with myself, like, yeah, I'm kind of a wuss. So I'd probably be like, I would rather continue that. Cause to me, that's like denying death. Right. Like that's like, mm-hmm. that's like, um, that's defying death and and so to me like that sounds great right now but <laughs> it could it could end up you know i mean it's not exactly the same but it's the gr- green mile kind of flips the other side of like um and i know that's not in that's not a part of black mirror but um that talks about the theme of like okay so this guy lives has this has this you you would think having immortality is a good thing, but he has it, and it's terrible because he watches all the people die around him. So what what is it like to live in eternity? What is it like to not have an end to something? Uh, it's it's a really interesting theme. I I, I don't know. I think I would. You what think you would? I don't know, because I mean you not knowing how long you can be there, and like yeah, whether or not you can pull the plug on yourself, like. Are you are you just stuck there? Are you going to become mindless? Are there not going to be like? I would what's assume that question after a couple of baronies. I would assume I I know it's a big assumption, but I would assume that there's like if they have that technology, there is a long ass pamphlet that you have to read about everything, <laughs> ins and outs, and legal this and legal that. Sure. I think a lot of those things would probably be hashed out, and I would know it going into it. That's my guess, then, but if and not, then maybe that not. be like, I don't know. To like, so okay, so all right, so all these things get hashed out, and you're like, all right, I'm I'm gonna sign up for this. In sixty years, I'm done. Whatever, however, however it's able to be determined, and then and then what happens? So you die in up in the death cloud, and then what? And then what? And then what? I don't like it. Just. Okay, Let me die but, uh, and burn me and scatter my ashes. Uh, okay, I I agree with what you're saying. I, I I understand what you're coming from, but my only rebuttal and my devil's avocado to what you're saying is that like you don't know what happens after you die, and I, I don't want to get into this on your podcast because maybe you do have a, a theory of what happens, but it's like it's the same uncertainty that we have with death as well. So it's like, what's what's true. better? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But then it's like you experience death twice. Maybe. I mean, uh, I don't well, know. You experience life twice. <gasps> nice. Whoa! Mind blown. Completely sold, Mame. See, I don't know. I don't like people. I don't want to be around a bunch of people. Then just die. I don't. I don't know what you want. <laughs> like, like whatever. What are we talking about? Like, just, just, just. Off yourself and and just quit. Just quit, quit complaining it. about it. You don't <laughs> upload me to nothing. You're just like, fine, I'll fucking bury you. Done. 
dead. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I'll keep that in mind. So, clearly your favorite. It's a great episode. I don't hate it. It's just not a, a, a top it's, five. It's flipped. Yeah, it's it's flipped, and I think we're seeing differences in like our taste. Like, I yeah. how you feel about saying no, not in a bad way. Like how yeah. you feel about San Junipero is how I feel about like shut up and dance and like uh, White Claw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna let that go. Um, it's like it's similar. It's like I I really enjoyed them. Are are they episodes that I'll think about a lot? No, but San Junipero is one that like I'll think about um, like hmm. randomly. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely lean more towards, like, the fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we are almost... Oh, we got two more episodes to discuss. I also don't have a lot to say about these two, so I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, while these were, were good episodes, and both Man Against Fire and Hated in the, Hated in the Nation... I have to say, kind of, yeah. After San Junipero, my I, I was started losing a little momentum in getting through this season. Um, yeah, okay. So Man Against Fire, it's got that whole like. So we're we're in the military. We're following a private. They've got like this um, mass technology that helps them to become better soldiers, and they're going around and trying to wipe out these what they call our what they call roaches and the the images that we get are these like fast zombie you know creatures i mean not creatures like humanoid kind of creatures or or something and then you come to find out that they're just people they're just like basically polish refugees or danish refugees yeah that's fucked up <laughs> it was a, it was a fun twist um, it, it was a fun twist. Um, so that's it's what like, I enjoyed the most about it was I yeah. the, the you know figuring out um, that you know the these these soldiers are being brainwashed and stuff. And then the 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 most interesting part about this episode, and I I mentioned it earlier that like the whole feel of the episode kind of felt a little like an off-brand movie, like kind yeah. of a B, B-level movie. Um, and not that the acting was bad or that it was shot poorly, but it just didn't really have, like, it just didn't feel as realistic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it had the really, like, tropey, like, oh, the tough the tough girl that's, like, really yeah. gruff. It says, like, like, it just had a weird tone to it. Um, but the conversation at the end with the... Um, the dude from House of Cards. <laughs> I forget his name. I love <laughs> He's so good, dude. He's such a good actor. Yeah, he um, is. But that whole conversation about talking about everything and and him revealing the fact that the whole reason why they're doing it is like he's looking at these human lives as it's kind of like it's kind of like Thanos. I'm just yes. realizing this. It's kind of like a Thanos thing where it's like it's like there are so many imperfections in these people, like. Like, why not take natural selection out of the equation and we just get we take all these diseases and all these all these imperfections of these humans and get them out of here right now. And then we can all live a happy life without it. Um, And that's a really, like, scary thing to think about. But it's like it's kind of complicated if you really think about it. You know, if if you have 
kids or whatever. And like, if you could eradicate a certain disease that could potentially, um, kill your child, like, would you, would you be okay with that? Um, but the thing that I, the, the issue that I had was that these qualities that made these people inferior, um, he just kind of rattles off like a, a list of just random <laughs> stuff. It's like they just yeah. have higher chances of, yeah. you know, high cholesterol and, <laughs> you know, heart disease and this and that. Eczema. And so, <laughs> eczema. And, and it's like you're basically talking eugenics, right? Yeah. Ish. No, you're right. Like, you're right. You're, you're, sure. Yeah. Like, like Thanos it's and Hitler are like, hey, guys, we have a great idea. It's very, um, it's very Hitler esque for sure. Yeah. Sure. And it's just, and it's really terrifying because it's like when you already don't trust the government and you see a fictional show where the government is really just like, just fucking with you, basically they're manipulating your, your mind and your vision to do their bidding right. and wipe out what they have determined to be inferior people. And they're just fucking people. You know, and it's like kind of almost makes you wonder what the hell happened where they feel that this needs to be done. What kind of widespread plague or disease or something? You know what I mean? Right. I feel like it had to have been something really extreme that they're like, all right, the only way we can get a handle on this is to wipe out these people that have a higher chance of creating more of these health problems or whatever. No, that's what's scary yeah. to me. You're, you're you're totally right, and the whole fact—I mean, the whole fact that they had to hide it, right? The whole fact right. that they have to erase your memory in order for you to do this stuff—like, it's very clear that if you couldn't go into something and do it with your memories about why you're doing it, then mm-hmm. it's probably fucked up. And you have, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's crazy. And the the whole the um the video of the the main character like mm-hmm. signing the contract and stuff and just being like this like this dude that's like <laughs> you know like he's so like immature and like, yeah. like so different from um what the main what we know as the main character it just yeah it's like really fascinating the whole like erasing the memory stuff and then it makes you wonder like who how are they recruiting these soldiers who are these people that are signing up for it and it's like they're being told everything and yeah, just like this main character, um, what did they call? Kept calling him like Pip or <laughs> Corgi. I don't know. Uh, Stripe, Corgi. <laughs> well, the other the other girl was Yorkie. I don't know if they kept with that theme. <laughs> <laughs> they just they gave up after that. Um, but it's like kind of made you wonder what a little bit of what his story was. Why he would be willing to sign up for this, agree to have his memory wiped. Um, agree to have this implant put in. I mean, I it... I would guess it's similar to what happens today. Like, not 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 exactly what happens today, but there are people that come out of high school that are like, I don't do I don't know what to do. Like, why don't I join the military and they'll take care of me, like financially and all that stuff. So, it I it, I would assume that they're just people that they get off the streets that like need need a job and like need need something so they just yeah. like they're they're a little bit i would guess they're a little bit desperate to agree to something like this that's just my guess yeah yeah i could see that and then the part that so that end scene really kind of got to me a bit in that so so he's been 
He's been told everything as to what is all going on. He's now given the choice to either accept it and continue to do the government's bidding and whatnot and killing. Mm. So, so yeah, so he can either just accept it and go back to being a soldier, a good little soldier, or he can be more or less tortured by replaying what actually happened. Because he did kill, quote, some of these roaches. Yeah. But then they're able to replay back what actually happened. And you see the humans and you see that they are, they are afraid and they're begging for their lives and not aggressive as depicted initially. So they're like, yeah. You can either watch that forever or you do our thing. And right. so he agrees and he's in his little dream world because they can also control the dreams too. And he sees supposedly his girlfriend, wife, someone that he loves and he sees her. And it's like, he knows he's in the dream. He knows it, it's almost like he's aware of his choice and he's, he's sad about it. Cause you see that lone teardrop fall. Mm. Cause he stands outside of the house. That's always been in, in his dreams and whatnot. That I was just like, that's rough. Because yeah. at that point, what choice do you have? Right. Do you, either way, it's a form of torture, especially if he's aware of what he's doing now. Yeah. That's, it's, I mean, he was put in such a tough spot. I, it's hard to say what I would do in that situation. You know what I mean? Like, it, he's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's not, it's not an easy one. Yeah. That's what, I think that was just kind of the, for me, the part of the episode that was the most like, oof. Yeah. It was a good episode. Um, Yeah. I already don't trust the government, so. Yeah. I didn't really see. There was really nothing new in this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? I was just like, yeah, I can see him doing that. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. (laughs) Yeah. I, I agree. That's fine. It's one of those episodes that, like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend for other people, but it's not one that I would tell them to skip necessarily. I thought it was, it was a, it was fun to see the plot unfold and stuff, but I just, yeah, I just didn't really connect with it that much. So I think we can agree this one was just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. Just like real life, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. All right, last episode. (laughs) Can I get through it? We're almost there. Hated in the nation. I did like this episode. It was just, I mean, it was a movie and kind of that's how it felt. Even how it was like presented as an episode starts off with a retelling of events, government, you know, detective describing what events that happened. And then a fun little twist at the end. This one had bee drones and I thought that was kind of cool. That's neat. Yeah. That's definitely Mm -hmm. a highlight of the episode. (laughs) Um, I, I have like five words written down for this. Um, it was it was good. It was like I said earlier. It was it's it felt like a movie. I agree with mm-hmm. that. Um, I think because it felt like a movie, I feel like I held it to movie standards, and I, <laughs> and I felt like it it didn't really hold up as far as like pace goes for me. But then again, like I'll admit, I I don't have the greatest attention span for for stuff, so. Um, I think for me, the hour episodes are just about like my limit as far as like how much I can pay attention. Um, yeah. But the story itself was like fascinating and I feel like it got interesting. Like it definitely reached, it definitely paid off, you know, at the end. But yeah, um, 
again, it was just kind of like, it, it's like, like I said, I've, we've all watched all of these. And so when you look at the thumbnail and you read the title, like you kind of know, like you, you remember your feelings for it. And I like, don't, I didn't remember this episode. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot about the robot V one. Mm-hmm. I'd have to admit, this isn't one that I, I rewatch a lot. Um, even, you know, prior to the podcast. But it is one that, yeah, I, I did enjoy the first time I watched it. I liked the that little kind of twist ending. It was very, um, oh, God, Christy? what was that one movie? Wild Things. Okay. Nev Campbell and-ish. Yeah. Um, the, the one with the uh, young lesbians? <laughs> the one with lung, young lesbians. Maybe <laughs> See, you can't say it either. <laughs> it doesn't, young lesbians just doesn't roll off the tongue. Your, your body doesn't want to say it. <laughs> We both messed up saying it every single time we try to say young lesbians. <laughs> young lesbians just doesn't roll off the tongue. No. Nicely put. Um. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, okay, so yeah, so we, we're, we're in a world now where we had to create bee drones to save the planet. Yeah. Essentially. And we also live in a world where there's Twitter. And people love their hashtag games. So it's hashtag death to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then after a certain amount of time, uh, that person dies. So the cops are going around and they're trying to figure out how this is happening. They determine it's the bees. Okay, the bees are killing them. But how? Why? Then they link it to the hashtag game. And then they eventually find out that it. The, the true targets in this attack aren't the people being attacked, targeted from the hashtag, the death to hashtags. It's the people using the hashtag, which I thought was an interesting, fun little twist. Consequences. Yeah. Because that was like the Twitter game or whatever. It was like game of consequences. So it really kind of, I liked how it just kind of flipped all of that. And then the image of like all the bees collectively attacking, that was pretty creepy. That's when I was like, nope, I'm done with bee drones. <laughs> but that's great that they could exist and help our planet and like not sting us. But that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Agreed. I'm not, I'm not too stoked on bee drones either. No. So it's one guy. He somehow hacks like the big bee system. He's able to control them. And he's... Oh, yeah, because what was he's all like cuckoo pants. He has some big rambling like manifesto and everything. Mm-hmm. And he essentially laid out the crumbs for the police to be the ones to like hit the button to enact um, thinking that they were stopping the countdown clock. Right. They inadvertently like release the bees, the bees, <laughs> the bees. All right. No, it's fine. There's a there's a clip. There's a Nick Cage clip about bees, yep. and that made me think about Man, it. That's yeah. That's what that's I was doing with this Nick Cage. Oh, gift. oh, that was your Nick Cage. <laughs> that was my Nick Cage gift. Yep. Okay. Pretty good. Bees. Anyway, so I found that twist interesting. Game of consequences, and it's not the consequences of like these people that are being targeted within the hashtag. It's playing the game, thinking that you're just some anonymous Twitterer playing along, getting those likes and retweets and whatnot, part being part of a crowd. Right. And then and then you die. 
because the bees come for you. Yeah. And then they faked the death of one of the detectives, like the little techie detective. Her name was Blue. Blue fakes her death. And the other detective is left to testify in front of the council and everything, all the events that happened. But then we see we see Blue's alive and she's actually tracked this dude down. And so that's just how it ends is she follows him off into like the mountains of wherever he's hiding out at. Right. So are we to assume that Blue is just going to kill him since she can't bring him in? She's not alive. Right. And that's just kind of how they're able to get their revenge, that vigilante justice in a sense, um, done by law enforcement. And then right. what the Blue supposed to do after that? Not exist? You know, I, I think this is a perfect time for one of our... Um, sequel movie ideas and I think I think maybe they fall in love uh, through like (laughs) hilarious like hilarious consequence or uh, situations and it becomes like a rom-com consequences (laughs) hilarious consequences Um, and it just becomes a rom-com like I think that's a perfectly plausible ending to the uh, the episode your thoughts and they can always like bicker about who's more tech savvy yeah because he'd be like, well, I controlled all those bees. And she's like, yeah, but I tracked your ass down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. That sounds way better than the actual episode, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm being a little harsh. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a good episode. It wasn't, I, I'll be honest, it took me like three attempts to get through it because I kept falling asleep. Yeah. Oh, and then the one like really sad part is, so after the bees attack and everything, um, when bees attack. They have to go around. They show, like, the warehouse, and they got all the bodies lying there. And it was, like, 387,000 bodies. Could you imagine being part of that pickup cleanup crew or just being in that room and seeing all those bodies? It's like within the episode, it was almost plausible that Blue would have walked off into the ocean having been so distraught over the events of everything and Mm -hmm. the way they, they play it as that she felt responsible because yeah, that's a lot of fucking bodies. That would be, I think a very hard thing to try and get over more or less. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, still pretty fucked up that it was just, they were chasing the wrong, they were protecting the wrong people. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes you think twice about those retweets. Yeah. And it also makes you think, Make sure you call your mom, you know, and to call your mom. Like if, if everyone would have called their mom instead of tweeting, <laughs> none of that would have ever happened. See, and I, yeah, I feel like had this cuckoo guy, you know, the, the B guy or whatever, if he'd have just called his mom, had a nice conversation, maybe that's it. Maybe his mom died and he couldn't call her. And he's just like, that's it. I'm just going to release the bees. Um, let's see. Some more IMDb facts, um, trivia. So this episode, you know, it's got some news playing in the background or whatever. So these comes come are coming from the little news tickers. The video game company from Playtest, the Sautu Sautu Gameu team, is investigated over a tourist dis over tourist disappearance. Victoria Scalane from White Bear, she had an in jail suicide attempt. So then that kind of made me wonder, too. I'm like, well, when is she in jail? <laughs> when is she in a jail cell? Is yeah. this, like, 
anyways, uh, and one more. Where is it? Okay, so the ECHR, which is the European Court of Human Rights, rules cookies have human rights from White Christmas. Because we kind of talked about that. Oh, yeah. So they did. European Court of Human Rights, and that's an actual thing, rules that cookies have human rights. Huh. I like that. I like that they they added that because it gives you... It gives you some, not closure, but it gives you some more context into prior episodes. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, like I said, we, we definitely talked about that. Right. The cookies and who are they and what are they. And so, yeah, it's nice that it came, it's able to go a little full circle in that sense. For sure. So. Whew. Holy shit. We did it. Oh my god! Sleepy now. I overall, I, I really like the season, and I loved the variety that that was given. Like I love that every episode was very different. It kept mm-hmm. me engaged, and I'm excited to watch more seasons because I know there's some really cool episodes going forward as well that are, um, in my top top few episodes. So oh, totally. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, season four, there's, um, oh, God, yeah, I'm just looking at the episode listing now. There's a good good three or four that I'm just, like, I'm very excited to rewatch. But we will continue on down the path of Black Miram. Thanks for being on the podcast again, Brian. Yeah. That's, you know, pretty all right of you. Um, I mean, do I really have a choice? I'm not your brother. Really. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, you don't. <laughs> Fuck. So, well, we'll uh, we'll arrange for the next recording when Neil will dive into uh, season four. Alrighty. Um, so, until then, everyone, thanks for listening and keep streaming. Bye. Bye. <laughs>